everyone out there. Thanks again for tuning in to the Leadership Conversation. I'm loving doing this and I'm loving showing you what these incredible leaders and letting you listen to what they're saying about navigating through critical times. And man, we're navigating and I think we're doing well. Here's another great leader that we have on today. Herbert Cooper is a great friend. He pastors, he's authored books. This church has experienced explosive growth. And I'm just honored that Herbert would be willing to take time out of his schedule to come on and share. And I love this family. I love what God's doing through him. Welcome, Herbert Cooper. Herbert, welcome, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming on. It is an honor to be on with you, uh, Darren, and just all that you're doing in leadership and resourcing pastors and equipping the body of Christ uh, so that we can be more effective in what God's called us to do. So it's an honor to be with leaders and pastors right now. Come on. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, tell us how your beautiful family's doing. And like I've been asking a lot of people lately, are you tired of hearing about COVID-19 yet? I tell you what, it is uh, it is unprecedented. That's been a, a word that I've used more than I've ever used in my life, an unprecedented season. So, uh, but you know what? I'm thanking God that, you know, everybody's healthy and nobody, you know, we haven't had, you know, our family has not been, it been personally impacted people in our church, but our personal, our family, my kids and wife are doing well. And besides getting on each other's nerves sometimes, we go on each other's nerves a little bit. <laughs> you know that feeling. But it's never my fault. It's never my fault. Uh, but we still all love each other. We're getting some good family time in and playing some games and laughing hey, and enjoying hey, one what's another. What's your favorite game right now? What's your favorite game you guys have been playing at your house? We are playing Rook, so it's a card game, and we, we, we love Rook, and we play the Rook high, and so uh, we, we're having a lot of fun competition at, at Rook, so it's been a good family game, and we have six in our family, and you can actually play six-handed, three on a team, so we've done that some, and also five-handed and four-handed, so we're just playing Rook every kind of way that you can. Okay, is there anybody competitive in your house? You're looking at them right here. I do not like to lose. So I am playing to win every single time. So we have a pretty competitive family. So we're having a lot of fun and we we definitely keep score. Nobody wants to lose. That's awesome, man. I love it. So, man, you know, I've, I've really wanted to convey on this leadership conversation what it is to navigate through difficult, hard times. We all face them. And as leaders, it's it's doubly especially hard for us because we're not only trying to navigate ourselves and our family, but we're also wanting to help navigate those we're leading. So, man, I don't know if people realize this, but People's Church is an influential place. 18 years, almost this year, right? 18 years? 18 years in May. We're close to 18. Yes. Come on that God planted this church through your heart and now in multiple locations. So, you know, you've experienced tremendous success, but in those moments of success, you probably had some hard times along the way. So what have you found as keys to leading through hard times? Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. There have definitely been uh, seasons of, of difficulty uh, and I think something about starting a church, Darren, that 
you know, one, when you take a church and you step in in a pastoral role, you yeah. can blame everybody else for all of the problems. But when you start oh. the church, <laughs> I mean, I can't blame the former pastor on, on all the problems that I'm dealing with. So uh, I, love it. I have learned uh, a lot. And I just there would be just several things that come to my mind on navigating uh, past seasons. And I have not done it successfully through all of those seasons. And and then things that I'm doing today because of what I learned. And I would just say things I've learned on, on navigating difficult seasons would be realizing there's a me I can't see. And I, mm. I think that's so key to realize is that, you know, I don't see things as they are. I see them as I am. And, and as a leader, when you're going through trouble and you're going through difficulty, you can think that you see everything clearly. Uh, oh, you, you can think that you don't have any blind spots and that you can just make great decisions alone. And I have just realized that there's a me that I can't see and that I see things as, they, as, 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 as I am, not as they are. And so okay. allowing people to speak into my life and leadership has been really critical uh, to wow. lead successfully through challenging times. So that, that's been really, really key for me. And I haven't always done that. And uh, that, that coupled with teachability. And so mm. teachability is a friend. So yeah. I just got to keep learning. I got to keep growing. I got to keep inviting feedback. And as okay. a point leader, as a senior pastor, as a lead pastor, it's easy to, to have people around us, whether that be staff or whether that be board or whether that be just a volunteer level that sure. are just listening to us and we're not listening to them. So just oh. remaining teachable has been really, really key. And, and then I just say empowering leaders. Uh, just mm -hmm. I, I haven't always done that well, but I think in key mm -hmm. seasons as a leader, uh, Darren, I put empowering leaders and trusting God together, right? So I would say, I, at times as a leader, I try to take on too much during during uh, crisis seasons. Like I feel like mm -hmm. I'm, I can almost like I'm God, right? Like I mean, I've got to be in control. I've got to lead. I've got to spend all these hours doing everything and inserting myself into every uh, place in the church. And I've, I found myself twice in the hospital thinking I'm having a heart attack uh, because uh, I really wasn't trusting God and empowering people around me. And so I've just oh, learned I'm still not there. Right. I feel like I haven't arrived, but I'm better on going sure. in moments of crisis. I can't play as though as though I care about the church more than God does. Oh, I, I can't. pretend. You know what I mean? And, I, and I've got God's put people around me from that's from good. lay leaders to staff that I can empower and that I need to empower and trust in seasons of crisis versus putting all, all of my shoulders. So I mean, those are things that come to mind on just lessons that I've learned in leading through crisis. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you say a lot there about self-awareness. And when you're not self-aware, man, you're falling into some traps that sometimes are there and sometimes we create for ourselves. 100, I have created traps for myself because I was not self-aware. And then I was the point leader and didn't know that I was struggling with some areas of pride and arrogance. And so I wasn't listening well. And here I am making decisions and, oh, yeah. and, and making mistakes with those decisions that I could have avoided some of those if I would have humbled myself and realized, Herbert, you don't see everything as clearly as you think. And you need to invite perspective into your life. And so it's, it's served me well now, even in this season that we're in now. Yeah. 
I know, I know we, we could go a long time on that subject right there, but let me just do a follow-up question really quick and then we'll jump to something else. So sure. how do you know who to trust? That's such a great question because I would say every voice is not equal in my life. And, and so I, I would say that, that throughout the years, there have been people that have proven themselves to me um, in the sense of, of, I know they love God, I know they love the church, mm-hmm. and if I will create an environment and an atmosphere that's safe, they'll tell me the truth. And oh, so I think that you're looking for people that love the Lord, love the church, love you, yeah. and yet that they do have some 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 level of of leadership or insight. It, it could be in any area of the church that you could trust their voice in that particular area. And then you have to be willing to open up and to listen. And so, and I think that's difficult to do to actually create the safe place. I think it's easier to identify the person. I trust them. They're loyal. They love the church. But now how do I create a space that's safe for them to actually speak into my my life and leadership? Intentionally creating that space. Intentionally creating that space because most people tell you what you want to hear. Oh, come on. They, oh, they yeah. want to make you happy. They want to please you. They want pastor to say, great job. You're doing well. And how do you create that, that sitting down to go, please tell me what you think. And then, no, no, really tell me what, and not getting defensive. Not because oh, some, some of the things are accurate. Some of the saying they're saying it from their viewpoint. And if they could get your viewpoint, that, then uh-huh. they, they might give you a different answer, but not shutting them down because they don't see it the way that you see it. Getting their viewpoint, not shutting it down, not getting defensive, not allowing my insecurity, not feeling like I'm a bad leader. I'm a horrible leader because you're pointing out things that that, you know, so dealing with all of that and wrestling it to the ground that you still invite feedback and not shut people down. Okay, man, we can just go on and on and on there. I mean, we got to do part two at some point of the leadership conversation with you. I love it. Yeah, this is good stuff because we got to be healthy as leaders. If we're not healthy, nobody else around us is going to be healthy. Uh, it it really it the the weight is on us as a leader to keep it real and and to stay healthy. Okay, let me shift gears really quick because I know uh, many people may not know this, but you were an evangelist before you became a pastor, and yes. you've not been able to shake that passion for evangelism in your heart. So it has literally been DNA in people's church, winning people to Jesus. So now we're in this season, and and you guys were doing this really well before, but I think it'd be important for folks to know practically, how do you facilitate evangelism in an online church environment? Yes, I I think that, I think right now, Darren, this is one of the best climates to reach lost people because everybody's world is upside down. Every COVID-19 has everybody, you know, the fear is high, worry, concern, hearts are open, people looking for answers. And so, yeah, they're very receptive. And so I think it's really important as as leaders for us to, number one, realize that our church people have family members, have co-workers, have neighbors, have people at their school that are struggling. And if we will, if we will make it easy for them to invite. So encourage them to invite and maybe even a little tool. A tool could be, you know, I think mo- most people have access to or know somebody they could create just a graphic of a series they're doing or 
and you know, and what they could give to their church and say, hey, we're doing a series, like we're starting a series called Good News and just share this with your friends and family on, on an invite on social media, you know, or we every week on, if you're doing Facebook Live or church online, there's a share that you can just click share on your Facebook link. Be sure, don't take for granted, just click the share button because all your friends and family will be exposed to the service now. And so using your people to invite is really critical. And then I would say, remember to keep your online chat friendly. So remember mm -hmm. if you're, you're gonna have more guests than you've ever had before showing up on your online platform and you just wanna remember how do you keep it friendly? How do you how do you how do you make it inviting versus beating people down that may not know all the Bible that we know and may not understand God in the way that we understand them and yet making them feel invited? So I think keeping chat friendly is really important. That's something that we're working on and we're even teaching. Yes, we're training people. You're yeah, training how to people be chat friendly. To be, yes, because we're used to shaking a hand at the door because you're the greeter now. You know oh, what you say? You're, you're the greeter at the door. You're the parking lot attendant now, but you're online. So what you say really matters. And you could really you can really turn off somebody who's wanting to hear the gospel because of what you're saying or your response to them on the chat line. So I think that's really important in this season when people are hopping on church online and Facebook and Utah tube and there's all these chat lines, right? You can you can correspond back and forth that you are remembering, you are the greeter that was shaking somebody's hand who just showed up in your lobby for the first time. And so we, we gotta really do that well. I <laughs> then, love and then, that, man. That's so yeah, cool. so that's yeah. a reminder. For churches to consider that don't just take anything for granted in this time nothing for granted yes like one of our people this past sunday was really like being aggressive in their response back to people like well what does the bible say the bible says this you know but they don't know the bible the way that we do know the bible so you're not okay. it's like shaking somebody's hand at the door and going you know what you don't know the Bible, you know the Bible, you know, like you would never do, you would never shake somebody's head and do that. But that's what was, that's the way it felt like. So anyways, we're training on that. Then I would say this as well, Darren, give an altar call. So like, mm -hmm. just cause you're online, we're seeing people come to Christ every week because we're actually just giving an altar call. And then one of the keys that's really effective that I, I that we've learned is we're having them write, that's me. So. Because it, it connects with all platforms. So if you're giving your life to Christ right now, here's what we want you to do. Just write, that's me. Just write, that's me. And all of our chat lines, man, there are people that are writing. It's so awesome to see. That's me. That's me. And, and then what we, yes, and we've created just a, it's, it's a next step link. Matter of fact, somebody could go to it at peoples.church slash next step. And so there's just a little card that we drop in the in in there for people just to click on so they can fill out a card and so we can help them take a next step. And then so anyway, so that's just really key as well as you're reaching lost people, they can take you can give them a next step. Peoples.church slash next step. Next step. And then there's so a card that'll come. That's good. Yes. And then that there's a next step. Yep. And then we just follow up with an email with them, everybody that fills out that card with just an online email, because everything's online right now, but we're telling them about read the book of John, we're telling them to download YouVersion, uh, we're telling them church online services, how to connect in a small group. And now for the first time we're adding this feature, and that is we want a higher success rate of those coming to Christ, helping them take a next step. 
So what we're doing now is we're going to now add a Zoom call with me. So everybody who gives their life for, to Christ, I'm going to take five to 10 minutes and we'll if they email us their information, now they're going to get a Zoom link. So after the last service on Sunday, I'll meet with them. I'll have another pastor in there with me. And for five or 10 minutes, I'll talk with them, talk about their next step, celebrate them coming to Christ, and then hand them off to one of our pastors. that will take it from there. But just really helping people give their heart to Christ and to take a next step. Dude, I love that. Now, that is just down to earth, practical. Everybody can use that, man. Everybody can use that. That's good stuff, Herbert. I appreciate that. So as we close up, man, I, I want you to finish up with just a, a good story. And, and I'm going to prompt that because I know and you probably got 100 more. But but then I want you just to say to the folks that are listening what you hope for People's Church and for the church at large on the other side of this. So before you answer that, let me just say this. I saw a big truck in your parking lot. And I also heard about a traffic jam all the <laughs> yeah. way down the highway, man. That's a good story, dude. That's a good story. Yes, we uh, partnered with uh, Convoy of Hope, uh, which okay. is a great partner for a lot of churches and also the regional food bank uh, locally here. And uh, oh. they, they, so we had 35 to 40,000 pounds of food uh, to feed uh, those in need during this crisis. And, uh, so we, we had a big Thursday outreach, which I will say we learned a whole lot from <laughs> and, uh, he's made the community, community aware that we want to give you food, uh, diapers, just the basic necessities, you know, uh, that people need, uh, in, in this crisis, in this pandemic. And so we have the event starting at eight o'clock to start giving away groceries and necessities. And the first person showed up at four 30 in the morning. Uh, and they began to show up at 4.30 in the morning. And from then on, 4.45, 5 o'clock, 6, 6.30. And by by 7.30, 7.45, it was backed up a mile in every direction from our church. It was backed up just a mile in every direction, just seeing the need of people. Um, and so, and then we were able to... It, it was pretty amazing. I got to just share one thing with you. So as cars started to come through the park, we had them line up in all, all through our parking lot and then on, obviously on the roads everywhere. And as we were putting groceries in cars, uh, there was a lady whose car broke down who was in the line. And me and another gentleman, uh, I was happened to be in the parking lot near where she was. She got out of her car and let us know. We had to push her car out the parking lot. And this precious elderly lady, she was so concerned. She said, how am I going to get my groceries now? I'm out the line. How am I going to get my groceries? I said, ma'am, don't worry about your groceries. You worry about getting your car fixed. We're going to set your groceries aside right now. You will get your groceries. But to see this elderly lady concerned about getting her groceries, her car is broke down. You're talking about just to see the desperation of people uh, during this pandemic, it just it, it it has changed and altered my thinking uh, probably more than anything else. Just those kinds of stories. So huge. So, man, what do you hope for people's church? What do you hope for the church at large on the other side of this crisis? I hope that we have a and I'm not trying to be cliche. So I really mean this. Hope there's a deeper desperation for God and to reach our world for Jesus. I believe God's going to send a revival. I'm really believing that, praying for a revival, a repentance, a turning to God. So I really want to just see the church be more desperate 
for God and more passionate about reaching lost people. And I'll say one more thing there, and it's really been on my heart. I feel like the Holy Spirit's laid on my heart. And that is to remember heaven's our home. I think we can get so earthly minded and we get so focused on earth. But man, this is not our home. And I've been preaching to people. You know what? We win it. We I, I don't know why we feel like we lose. We win. If we if, to 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 live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, heaven is my home. If I live, I'm going to live unto the Lord. If I die, if COVID-19 was to kill me, believe it won't in Jesus name. But I'm going to heaven. Heaven <laughs> is our home. And just I think a new focus on eternity. I hope that the church has a, just a greater uh, level of appreciation and focus on heaven. I've been saying, uh, tagging on my uh, emails that I send to people in my, in my signature line, I've been saying, God is good, heaven is real, and he is risen. And that's the Come truth. On. Amen. That's the hope we have, man, right there. That is the hey, hope we have. You know, you have given such incredible information and practical helps today, inspirational to leaders. And I appreciate you, Herbert, for being on, taking the time to chat with us today on the leadership conversation. So I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Darren. My honor. Love you. Love what you're doing. And just an honor to be able to share with leaders today. Thank you, my friend. Well, that is the leadership conversation. That's what it's all about. We're going to have some more of these, a few more episodes to come. Look forward to having you on. And listen, in the meantime, let's grow, create, and invest together.